So, Zero. We're not going to go over the immediate aftermath of the raid at the Bureau, because I feel that's important to go over as a group and figure out what's going on, but um, I will put this up front. You will not have access to the ability to build time machines. I am not allowing the players that kind of immense power. Also, uh, when you leave the Bureau's headquarters, a few days later, there is a news report, breaking news. Megalad has been arrested for suspicions of um, being a member of a terrorist organization. And that's basically that's all on the news for several hours, at least in Halcyon. It's a big deal. What's your reaction to that? This was a probable result of his going undercover. Excellent. <laughs> so, um, aside from that, there's nothing that happens immediately that needs your concern. I'll go over this in the session proper, but throughout the three months that the time skip is going to be happening, there won't be any, like, big raids that Petal does, and all your missions, like, are not worth going into in detail. You basically find a base that is being abandoned, and it's either been burned to a crisp or, like, just filled with concrete. There's not a lot of stuff going on in there, and uh, you don't get any of the uh, big players, unfortunately, but that's that's just how it is for these uh, three months. So what do you do? Like, what's, what's the first thing you want to do in this? Start investigating construction companies, because getting that much concrete into one place that quickly requires a lot of people with very specialized knowledge. And moreover, setting things up so that a place burns out entirely, leaving nothing at all behind, requires a lot of specialized skills along a different bent. Therefore, whoever Heedle is working with must be a either high-profile or at least high-quality construction company. Perhaps several. I will say this. It's an open secret that a former DHEA officer by the name of Daniel Towers is basically all but confirmed to be a uh, member of Petal. And Towers' power is that he is a firebug. And specifically, the DHEA once tried to test how hot his fire got, and the results were inconclusive because he basically topped out any way they could measure his heat, so they don't know how hot he can actually get. So that's probably the source of bases that have been, like, burned so much that a lot of it has been turned into glass. You know, I just want to provide you with a little context here. We can accurately measure the heat of the sun. That makes the fun fact a little less uh, believable then, because the fun fact for Daniel Towers is uh, that the DHEA tried, once tried to find the upper limit of how hot he could get, and the results were inconclusive. 
I mean, if if the measuring tool was too close to him, it would probably explode. But I'm I'm just saying. Okay, fair enough. But um, like needless to say, he can get things extremely hot, and uh, it is very likely that any bases that were burned out were due to Daniel Towers being there and being told, hey, once everybody's out of here, burn the place as best as you can, and burn the place as best as you can results in a lot of things essentially being glassed. But the concrete is a different story. So actually, in that case, I'm going to modify what I'm looking for, because... The first thing is going to continue to be looking into construction companies to see who's moving a lot of concrete in odd directions. And the second thing is going to be monitoring the satellites that detect forest fires. Okay. Um... Because if Mr. Firebug there is capable of producing that much energy in a limited space, then it's going to ping on one of those satellites. Okay. So, as far as the concrete stuff goes, you can go ahead and roll investigation. We'll say six. Really? Yeah, it's going to be hard. All right. I'd at least like to get started, though. Okay, yeah, no, I, I'm trying my best to do fail forward here. So uh, you've only got a one, so that's definitely not a six. It's definitely going to take you a while to go through all like the different various shell companies that might be able to do stuff and then sift through those and find out like who the best candidates are. Yeah, it probably doesn't help that construction companies are often fronts for more generic organized crime syndicates. Yeah, you dealt with one of those not too long ago. Too many damn false positives. <laughs> yes. Like, at, at some point, Rudiger Construction does pop up, but then you realize that Rudiger Construction only really operates around the L.A. area, and pedal bases around the L.A. area were not filled with concrete. They were the ones that were glassed. Um, you do realize that the longer time goes on, the more that they're being burned as opposed to being buried almost as if Daniel Towers was injured for whatever reason and could not do that particular part of his job so they had to go to a second worse option and then as he's getting better he is able to burn these places out more effectively and as for the forest fire monitors um Fun fact, they are sensitive enough that they can detect the front in Ukraine. Okay. Go ahead. If you're going to be hacking into the satellites for that... No hacking uh, required. It's, oh. They deliver public information. Oh. Okay. Fair enough. I did not know that. That's how I know anything about them, as a matter of fact. Fair enough. So go ahead and roll investigate again, but since it's public information, I'm going to make the number a lot easier. We'll say three. Okay. Something investigate could actually hit. Oh, especially if I get my six this time. <laughs> so that's not just a success. That's a success with style. First of all, 
there are a bunch of spots being hit in rapid succession, as if Petal is putting all of its eggs in one basket for whatever reason. They are uh, downsizing. They are definitely um, burning out more bases than have actually been discovered. Like, you have a list from Cassidy Calvert Downs of known bases, and it's a pretty extensive list, and even then, like, there are spots that are being hit that are not on that list. Um, There's one in Russia, there's one in Chad, there's a couple in Australia that were not listed, there's a few in Brazil, there's a couple up in Canada, there's at least one in Greenland that were also all not listed. On top of ones that were listed, like a couple in the United States, um, a couple in Western Europe, such as like France, Spain, United Kingdom, all that. So, obviously, Daniel's gotten busy, especially towards the end of the three months. And then at some point, unless you want to like investigate it more around the end of the three months, it just stops as if they've gotten all the things that they are willing to get. But since this is over the course of three months, like, I'm not going to be like, no, you can't react in time, it's too late. Like, if you want to go see what's going on in one of them, you're free to. Like, I won't stop you. Yeah, I would like to try and, if I can, get one before it's fully burned down. Alright, with the success with style, I'm not going to make you roll again. You find one that starts lighting up about a month and a half, two months into this whole thing. And it is... I'm just going to throw a dart at the map real quick. Uh, It's in Libya. Um, Do have a teleporter or a swapper. They are fairly busy these days, but... I can't ima- and I can't imagine they wouldn't want to go with you when you point this out. So there might be some. Hmm. I might have to do it someplace closer to home then. Let me zoom in on the United States instead. It's in Illinois, specifically a couple miles east of a city called Peora. Peora. P e o r i a. I think that's Peoria. Peoria. Okay, it's a couple miles east of uh, Peoria. So if... I don't know... You can find someone to, like, try and transport you there, I would believe. I believe. I might be able to portal over there uh, just by using magic. True. Fair enough. I forgot that you can use magic. So... Go ahead and roll magic. Difficulty, we'll say three, and I will give you a boost because of your uh, success with style. So you can add a two to whatever you uh, get here. Three on the dot. And with the boost, that's a clear success. Yes. So without a success with style, you are going to arrive later than you would want to when you get in. The entire building is, um, well, not the entire building, majority of this small building is on fire. But um, in that fire, you do see a uh, figure wearing the uh, pedal colors and 
wearing one of those um, Project Refraction masks. Tall, very, like, wiry thin. Not wearing the traditional uniform of uh, pedal rank and file, so obviously he's some sort of higher rank. And just sort of blasting fire straight from his hand around and burning basically any evidence that he can get a hand on. Since he did not get a successful style, you don't get the jump on him. He turns around and he just sees you and his pauses for just a second and then spreads his hands and uh, they light on fire. He does not say anything. All right. First of all, I am going to basically cast a cold wall to protect myself against that heat. And having done so, I will say, Ah, as I suspected. Very well. Next time, I shall be earlier. And then leave. I'm trying to get into his head. <laughs> uh, hmm. What fucking... I guess provoke. Uh, he'll roll Will to try and defend against that, but uh, yeah, go ahead and roll provoke. Alright. Uh, it's a zero versus a one, so uh, he succeeds. You do not get into his head. I can spend a fate point. Hmm, you can spend a fate point. <sighs> this is not normally how it happens, but I will give him a minor, um, a minor consequence simply because we weren't going full, full combat, full, full combat there. So I'll, I'll give him a mild consequence. Um, zero is in his head. All right. I've given him a mild consequence. And, incidentally, I, need, I do need to specify which aspect I invoke. It's going to be never harm those who don't need to be harmed. At this point, attacking him is pointless. The damage is already done. Yeah, that and he is uh, very good at combat. Well, him being good at combat isn't doesn't play into my aspects. So, Sundog, uh, you're not going over the immediate aftermath of what happens in the Bureau of Time Travel because that's best served with everybody present, I figure. So, where do you go after you guys manage to get back? Well, I think, like, immediately I just go back to my home and, like, take a shower and probably sleep for half a day. But that's not super interesting, so... No, but, like, I mean, that's important to know, so you're getting some R&R. Yeah. Like, how many days do you take off after that? Because you went through a lot. I don't know. I think I take, like, a couple of days at least to just kind of, like, contextualize everything that happened there. Probably do your stream to de-stress. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, what's up, guys? Today we're watching uh, Time Cop, starring John Claude Van Damme. 
Oh, I'm sorry, we, we can't curse on Twitch. John Claude Vosh, gosh darn. Somebody types in, you're allowed to curse on Twitch. What are you talking about? But yeah, what, what do you do after you're done your uh, de-stressing days and just like generally get over the fact that your friend died and then undied and then you also fought, let's face it, mega Nazis at this point? Yeah. Uh, I didn't get to ride a dinosaur. Um, the twins were back. Uh, my best friend might be losing their mind. Uh, you know, standard superhero stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I do, uh, I do make it a point to seek out the study group. Okay. I mean, they're fairly easy to find. You are, um in pretty much, like, regular contact with them at this point, I would imagine. Magic lessons with, uh, Monty there. So, yeah, it's really easy to find out where they are, go set up a hangout, and then go talk to them in person. Uh, how's it going, kids? How's school treating you? Are you in school right now? Let's see, what you, what season is it? What was happening? Uh, it's currently March, so I... Yeah, school should be in. They all give various answers. Little Red is currently, like, really excited about what she's doing in school, particularly in, like, the science stuff, and her AP class is doing this, this, and this. Foulball is excited about, like, the upcoming um, sports seasons. He's oddly playing football because a lot of uh, high school teams don't really have a baseball team. It's all football, which I think is a little fucked up. Shadowbox is like eh on the whole deal to him. School is just a a thing you do. Wallflower is Wallflower. She basically just kind of sighs and bemoans her station in life. And Monty literally says that she has not been to school in two weeks because she's been skipping. Hmm. Legally, I have nothing. I I can't do anything about that, but, like, as a superhero and a morally responsible, I think, adult, I have to insist that you attend class, please. I, again... Have no legal authority at all over you, but like, you you can tell underneath the uh, the bandana that she's wearing as a ad hoc mask. You can tell that she's grinning in a way that you know means that she's like just joking around with you. Just she's just straight up says, "You're not my dad." I almost certainly am not your dad. <laughs> I have no idea because apparently uh, I have access, well, possible access to a time machine now. That's a whole... I, like, out of character, you don't know this, in character, you do? You absolutely do not. I am not giving you guys access to a time machine. (laughs) Come on. Nope. Nope. Come on. Nope. We're going to fix it. We're going to go down to the fucking... Uh, AutoZone and get some spare parts and we're gonna <laughs> fix this time machine over the summer and then we're gonna take it down to the lake and uh, unmake history. Do you want to know what that first ritual that the uh, Castorans did that prevented them from immediately opening up a small wormhole in the base was 
magically erasing all of like the gathered like ambient knowledge so that you can't use magic to figure out how time machines were constructed and deconstructed. There's literally no evidence that a time machine what was ever I there. What if I already did it? What if I've already time traveled and I just haven't caught up with that timeline yet? No! Absolutely not! I'm not giving you guys time machines. Anyway. Whenever Sundog isn't on the screen, everyone should be asking where's Sundog? Also, Sundog should have access to a time machine. <laughs> anyway, let's continue on with this. Okay. Uh, in, in character, you do know you do not have a time machine. I, I don't know. I have a vague hope that maybe I, maybe we can fix it. All right. Uh, well, uh, I'll yeah, again just like don't skip class because they'll they'll bust your ass about it. It's not worth it. Technically, I'm out sick, and she does the big finger quotes thing, uh, I'll, I'll go next week, it's fine, it's whatever. Will, I'll... No, no, you can only get away with so much before they do eventually start making trouble for you, so you gotta, like, use it sparingly. You can't keep cutting class or they'll crack down on it. You gotta, like, moderate your cutting. Trust me, as a guy who has jumped out of classroom windows to go fight crime, you gotta be a little more subtle about it. But yeah, they they will hang out with you, their cool adult friend who occasionally brings them beer. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I don't have any, like, moral bearing to, like, tell <laughs> these kids to obey the law. <laughs> uh. And to be fair, the first time they did it, Monty was mostly just fucking with you to see if you would do it. Even when you do bring the alcohol, they don't immediately gravitate towards it. In fact, you think that most of them, with the exception of Monty, don't actually like it. Ooh. I'm sure I could get into real serious trouble bringing Miner's beer, but... You can! Yeah. Hmm. Oh, well. <laughs> Alright. Uh, so... Monty, just... You down for, like, a magic lesson later? I had some thoughts. Sure. No problem. Cool. I mean, when, did, when were you thinking, like... I don't know, whenever's good for you. I'm kind of... My schedule's kind of floating at the moment. Uh, we are currently not really doing anything, so, I mean, we can just go ahead and start it right now if you want. Alright, sweet, sweet. Cool, cool. Alright, so she'll take you to your normal magic training stomping grounds, which is like, we'll say this abandoned underground parking garage that you guys have managed to find. Like, it's abandoned in the sense that no one really ever parks here, but it hasn't fallen into such disrepair that you have to worry about tetanus shots. Not yet, anyway. She, like, does some stretches, cracks her neck a little bit, and goes, So, what you want to learn this time? Uh, well, I had, like, some thoughts. So, um, full disclosure, uh, the other day, 
had a run in with the Castoran twins and a you know a whole lot. It was a, it was a whole thing. It turned out okay, but it was real bumpy along the way. But it did stir some like get some it got some stones rolling in my brain about stuff because I had to do some like proper actual magic. All right, uh, go on. Okay, so like um uh hold on here. I just make like a hard light bow staff and it looks like a bow staff. It has like grain and stuff. So like I can do this. I can make like photons arrange themselves to look like a stick of wood and it you know it looks like wood if you touch it it kind of feels like wood but it doesn't have the properties of wood. It's just it's like it's inflexible. It's it's actually really light because again it's light but you know you can put some force on it. But, like, it's half of a hole, and I was wondering if I could use, like, magic to make that other half and combine the two somehow. Like, like make the bones of a thing, and then, you know, well, not literally make the bones. I guess maybe literally make the bones, but make half out of the hard light and then use magic to augment it? To make it more real? She kind of scrunches up her face and, like, starts playing with her long ponytail a little bit as she walks around. Um, she is still wearing, like, a trench coat with, like, Castoran colors on it, but aside from that, she's just basically wearing plain clothes and, like, her bare minimum mask setup. And she goes, See, thing is, I don't know about that like we can try but really there's only one person in the world who both has powers and uses magic and he's a gigantic tyrannical asshole so is. there's that he is which is kind of why I want to turn his whole shit against him and like poetic justice kind of thing right she just sort of like spreads her arms to give you a look at the trench coat she's wearing. She's like, I get it. I absolutely get it. Alright. So, yeah, we can try doing that. I just have no idea where we would begin. Especially since my whole thing is I'm mostly an illusionist. I don't really... Well, that's like, like part of the thing. I guess we're just trying to make illusions more real by applying them to a physical object is sort of like my idea of where we would at least start. I think and and I hate using these terms because it's just so whatever but uh, in, in Dungeons and Dragons terms I think that's more conjuration than illusion but uh, yeah I guess I see where you're going with it. Yeah. So like, like, going back to like, uh, I still have the fake quarterstaff thing. This thing, if I try to flex it, it doesn't like at all. If I put enough force on it, it will just kind of like shatter. Not not so much as glass, but more like plastic shatters. So I want to like, I keep saying like a lot. So I want to try to apply the actual properties of wood to it to make it like flexible and have some weight and some heft. Okay, 
Alright. And if we can figure that out, we can extrapolate from there, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think this is going to be a thing we're going to crack today, but I mean, I mean we, yeah, we I know. can definitely work on this. <sighs> I mean, I know other magic users, but you're the only Kasoran magic user who I will not immediately punch in the face on sight, so... Aw, oh, you do like me! Ah. Uh, I didn't want to admit that in public, darn. <laughs> she shouts in the empty parking garage, Hey everybody, Sundog likes me! And then you can just hear the echo. Okay, but not like that, as a friend. <laughs> just to be perfectly clear. Sundog, why are you trying to kiss me? I am not. You're still wearing your mask and everything. I really hope nobody is listening to this because this is awkward even as a joke. Suddenly, the fucking cop who you hate steps around from the corner. It's like busted. You have a thirty off a building, dude. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. All right. So, like, uh, I figure this is gonna be like, I'm gonna. I've got two banked skills. I'm gonna rearrange my tree a little bit. Okay. That's and fair that's enough. gonna be like over the course of two months, kind of reinventing. Uh, myself, my yeah. sun dog self. Also, if you have any um, stunt points left over, you or fate points, I mean, if you have any, like, extra refresh, you can turn those refresh into, yeah, like, like, stunts seven, or powers. Seven refresh. Yeah, you can definitely turn those into, like, some sort of, like, stunt or power. You don't have to, like, come up with the, um, with the specifics right here and right now. I'm not going to, like, force you to do that. Yeah, but, that's um, what we're is not not what we're doing here. True, so like we're true. gonna hash this out. We're gonna do a whole lot of like technical paper work here. You, the listener at home, uh, just imagine a training montage in your head. That would be fantastic. Just go for that. Perfect. Get some like music going. Like just like cue up some of the Rocky theme or something. Go for Rocky Three Hearts on Fire. I like that one. Good one. It's not my that favorite Rocky one. movie, but it's it's a good version of the That's training montage. That's a good montage. montage song, yeah. yeah. So your magic is currently at two. I would say, like, over the course of two months, you should probably... I'd like to put it at four. I was going to say at least three, so yeah, four sounds um reasonable. And so now let's figure out the stunt. Yeah, uh, so... Or the... Whatever it is. Yeah, the, the, either the stunt or the um, extra. Do I want to just modify my hard light, or do I want to make an entirely new thing for it? I was I was going to say, let's make a whole new thing for it, because I feel like if you just go too hard into one thing, it's simply harder to keep track of everything that it can do. Yeah, like, I still can do the basic light stuff. This is like... Yeah. This is a new thing that I'm learning to do. What I was thinking was... For a base one refresh, uh, you can have your hard light objects last for the scene. If you want to spend a fate point, you can either have them persist into the next scene or completely dismiss it. Because once they're partially real, anybody can grab them. So getting rid of them early might be 
in your best interest if, like, they wrestle away a hard light sword that you make and start using it against you. Yeah. And if you want to, for each extra refresh, you can add the weapon quality to it as well, if you want. Up to a maximum of uh, weapon four. Because it's two per uh, refresh that you spend on it. So you can spend a maximum of three refresh if you want, one for the base, and then two to make it weapon two, and three to make it weapon four. Okay. I'm still trying to, like, think of what to call this, but... Um, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm still trying so to think of what to call it, too. The H... Persist... For the scene. For the scene. You may either spend a fate point to have it persist in the next scene or to dismiss it early. But the default is that it, it lasts for the scene until either the scene changes or you dismiss it early. Actually, no. You can get rid of that part. You can get rid of that uh, persist thing because either way you can just create a new one the next scene, so there's no reason to have it keep persisting, to spend a fate point to make it persist, but I do feel like it's fair to uh, to spend a fate point to dismiss it early. Additional two refresh. Yeah, like that's, that's as we're creating this. Like it, Right now, it costs one of your refresh to do this, so you're lowering your refresh from a seven to a six. If you want to lower it to a five or a four, you can give it to weapon quality. I do like having weapon quality to that. Let's go ahead and order it to five, so weapon four. Yes, weapon four. I'm just gonna write down weapon four. Yeah, that's fine. So here's another thing, is that like I had an idea that you know how I can make the hard light clones but haven't done so in a while because they're not actually that useful beyond a mm -hmm. minor distraction. Mm-hmm. What if I can make them a lot more useful? We can roll that into the extra fate points that you spent to get it to the weapon qualities, because the weapon quality is just for combat purposes. I feel like we can roll those into like making them. What if I want to like? Okay, so like instead of they're just like hard like copies that distract, but what if I can actually make them do things? Give them individual orders. How would we go about that? I feel like there should be some sort of limit to what kind of thing they can do. Oh, yeah, no, they're like not they... going to, like... They're not as smart as I am, but they're, like, I'm putting a little bit of myself into each one of them so they can act somewhat autonomously. I was thinking something along the lines of... Did you ever see the Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends where they found the scribbles locked in the closet and then each one could do exactly one thing that you taught it? Uh, vaguely, that rings a bell. Yeah, uh, I was I was thinking that you can give them an order and then they will follow that order. But that's the only thing that they can do. Once they are done doing that thing, they are basically done. You you'd either have to give them a new order or they just vanish. Right. So like, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Is that like, instead of just being, you know, copies of me that can move around a little bit in order to draw fire, these can actually like fight somewhat, or they can go get something, or they can protect somebody some for a bit. Yeah, that's fine. 
Okay, so how do we like actually translate that to? Um, hard light copies can follow one simple order to the best of their ability. Okay, uh, we're gonna have give that a we're gonna give that a fate cost or a point cost. Refresh cost. We're we're rolling that into the cost of the refresh for the um. Actually, though, yeah, let's give it a, an additional one refresh because I four fate points is still a lot. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I just thought of a stupid name for this. <laughs> I love stupid names. Go for it. Four D printing. <laughs> yes. That's the working title. We'll figure out something actually no, good no, later. No, it's perfect. No, <laughs> yeah, right. You suggested Boogeyman Buddies as a joke once, five years ago, and look where we are now. Damn it. <laughs> well, maybe we would have listeners if we had a better title. <laughs> no, we wouldn't. Damn. We're actually very Googleable. Hmm. All right, so the training montage happens throughout the next month and a half, two months, you and Monty meet up in this underground parking garage. There's the scenes where you're making the hard light stuff and it you bend it and it just breaks and then you bend it some more and it just breaks and you got both look frustrated eat a burger you come back you bend it it bends a little bit before breaking but you saw a bend it's progress and then just the, the song is playing the entire time why does this carport have speakers and who keeps playing that it's been it's been like 2 months <laughs> Monty's like, I have a Bluetooth speaker. Are you the whole time? Yes, I've been here the whole time. I'm the one teaching you this shit. Okay, but like, but why have you been doing the montage music the entire time? That's like, I thought that was a joke we did at the beginning and then it just kept going. Because technically this is still part of the montage getting real meta with this, aren't we? <laughs> Listen, you just made that thing bend, like, three whole inches. Let's, let's do it again. We're getting close. More montage. Alright, alright. Can we actually pick a different song? Because it has been, like, a month and a half, and that's <laughs> beginning to actually drive me nuts, so... <laughs> it's a good song, I will admit that, but, like, Next track, please. But yeah, eventually you get up to the point where you are making actual, like, physical objects with your hard light stuff. Alright, check this out. I think I finally figured this one out. I'm working on this one, and I think I can... I think this is a really good proof of concept. Check this out. And I clap my hands together, and when I pull them apart, there's a super bouncy ball. And I throw it at the wall of the car park, and it just goes crazy in the way that super bouncy balls do. Nice! Nice! I mean, like, yeah. Foul Ball uses this all the time, but sure. This is gonna save me so many quarters. <laughs> you can still. You found a machine where you can buy those in still? Yeah. I thought those all disappeared in, like, the mid 2000s. Now they're in, like, um, I've seen them in places. Hmm. Weird. Foulball just buys them in bulk. That makes a lot more sense. 
Darn. This was all for nothing, then. No, but seriously, yeah. Uh, so I have successfully replicated the physical pros properties of a super bouncy ball by weaving hard light and magic together. I can extrapolate the hell out of this and actually start making weird stuff. I just had an, a fantastic idea. When do you try doing the hard light clone thing? Hmm. When would I get that idea again? Because I haven't done the hard light clone in a while. Because, as previously mentioned, they're not that useful outside of, like, distract a bad guy for, like, a second. At most. I'm gonna say it's the same way I got the idea the first time, is I'm watching uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. And I'm like, oh, shit. I can, like, do that now, but for real. How many things do you tell the first hard light clone to do? Okay. What would be the actual... What would I actually try to get a hard light clone of me? What would I try to make a clone of me do? Alright, so I don't want to make this guy go out in public in case something weird happens, because I have a, you know, a public image. And also, he... I have no idea if, like, yeah, he, like, might melt or something, and that's just, like, the whole thing I have to explain the next day. It's gonna be in the papers. Do they still make papers? It's gonna be in the... It's gonna be all over Twitter. Twitter doesn't exist anymore. It's gonna be all over X. No, no, uh, I think Cat and I determined that, uh, in this alternate future, when he got pushed down the stairs, Elon Musk actually fucking died. No, it's, it's funnier if he actually got run over by one of his own stupid self-driving cars. <laughs> but yeah, okay. There's, Elon Musk is not a relevant figure in this universe. As we have previously established, this is a better, kinder universe. <laughs> Except for all the super Nazis in northern Germany. We're actually trying to do something about it. True. Instead of letting them run the government. Alright, um... Rub your belly and pat your head. No, that's clut. That's, uh, that is... Simple enough that it will do that. Okay, okay. Do a handstand. I mean, it's just as athletic as you, so yeah, yeah. go for it. I'm, I'm putting it through its paces. Hang on. I'm, I'm working mm -hmm. up there. Now exit that by a backflip. Yeah, okay. Okay, same physical prowess. Has to be simple commands. Let's try something a little high, more high-minded. Vacuum the floor. It looks confused for a second, and then looks around, doesn't see a vacuum, and then it opens its mouth. And opens it wider and wider, wider than you are physically capable of doing, and just starts screaming. Okay, okay, no, no, stop, stop. It does not stop. Uh, undo. <laughs> it does not undo. I, I'm, no, I am unmaking the creation. Oh, oh okay, okay, alright, then, yes, uh, I'm not gonna make you use a okay. fake point for that, because it's a okay. joke, but yeah, there you go. We're, we're, it doesn't matter, because I just get it back for the next session anyway. I go to the closet, and I get the vacuum out. 
from the closet, and then they make a new clone. Okay. Vacuum the floor. It looks around, it sees the vacuum, and it starts moving to vacuum the floor. Okay, okay, so far so good. Does it, does it, does it vacuum the floor? Yeah, it vacuums the floor, yeah. Okay, okay. So it's like a computer program, it has to... Yeah, that's basically what it is, it doesn't... It can't really get creative, it just follows the instructions given to it. Alright, um... Well, let's, let's wait until it's done vacuuming the floor first, because I was going to do that today anyway. <laughs> yeah, it finishes. <laughs> Alright. Hmm. Screaming thing might be an issue. Uh, if I get more complex with the commands... Let's see. Let's get really specific here. Go into the kitchen. Open the third drawer from the left to retrieve the bread. Open the fridge, retrieve the mayo, and the Swiss cheese, and the ham. At this and point, that... his mouth starts opening and screaming. Okay. You've given it too much. We've hit a limit. <laughs> hit a limit. All right. I'm make. I'm gonna go into the kitchen and get all that stuff I mentioned out. I'm gonna make a new one. Mm-hmm. Make me a sandwich using these ingredients. Wait, hold on. Undo. Prepare no. a sandwich <laughs> using these ingredients. It looks at the uh, ingredients you give, and it makes a sandwich using the ingredients that you set out for it. It does not make it in the way that you're expecting. One of the pieces of bread is cheese. The other piece of bread is the ham. The actual bread is like three pieces of bread in the middle and then like shoved like haphazardly in there like it was just like cramming money into just a big wad it is the cheese and then it hands it to you and it just it's, or at least holds it out to you and it says I make sandwich you technically did okay well guess I gotta eat this oh well i mean it's just it's all the stuff in the just not whatever it probably tastes fine because it's you know it's just the ingredients in a weird order but i'm gonna eat my weird sandwich uh all right so maybe we can work on that a little bit better maybe if i get better at these i can make them do more complex things uh let's go over to punching bag all right well, I have I imagine I have like a reinforced punching bag because I am strong. Mm-hmm. Punch this until I tell you to stop. I mean it's just as strong as you are, so it just does that and it just keeps going until you tell it to stop. Okay. Doesn't seem like it gets exerted. And only follows the plants. So basically making robots robot me's, that's cool. Uh stop, by the way. It stops mid-punch. Alright, let's try this one. Don't let me hit you. And now I'm gonna try to box it. Alright. Let's just do a fight-off. You roll fight, I roll fight. Using your score. Fair enough. Okay, I got four, so that's bad. It just sort of stands there stoically still, and when you move to punch it, it just, like, does that thing where it just, like, smacks the punch out of the way. It doesn't ever try hitting you back. 
Okay. Disregard previous command. Let's try this. Spar with me. Alright. Let's just do another fight off. Uh, I got five again. Oh, no, no. I actually got four. For some reason, it didn't click the proper one. I got four again. Uh, I mean, it's a tie, so yeah, um, it tries hitting you. You manage to keep it from hitting it. You try and Damn. punch it, it keeps it from. It keeps you from hitting it. My clone and I are equally matched. Who could have foreseen this? You punch each other at, in the cheek at the same time, at the same strength, and you do the slow mo thing. And sparring. Okay, so can fight. Can fight as good as me. Can only obey really simple commands. This is still fairly useful. I can work with this. I wonder if we can, like, I, I think I can maybe improve the, how the, maybe they can improve the order taking later. But right now, this is, uh, this is workable. This is a good start. I should get better at fighting now that I can just, like, make a sword? I should learn how to use swords instead of just kind of flailing like an idiot whenever I try. Who do I know that uses swords and also would be willing to teach me? Johnny... Johnny doesn't really use his sword. Johnny's sword is mostly for show. Yeah. Who do I actually know that uses swords? His sister uses, like, daggers. It's kind of like a sword and that they did isn't, but start. Um... I will give you this for free. There have been instances reported in the news where the Silver Skeleton has used weaponry. Just usually chooses not to because he's just much better with his fists. Uh, I bet that old Silver Skeleton... If, if he doesn't know how to use swords, could at least point me in the right direction instead of me sitting here trying to think. Uh. Oh, uh, dismiss. Alright. Can't make endless versions of those. It takes, like, some amount of energy to make them. Hey. Alright, uh. Yeah. So uh, now that that's done, you get an idea of like what's going on. What do you want to do now? There was a couple of things I know you wanted to do beforehand, and that was not actually one of them. We just made all that up wholesale. Indeed. Well, the thing that Planet Bound Zero wanted to do was try and track down any present iteration of the Time Master. See if we can get any sort of consulting information about uh, the Time Bureau. Even if it has been dismantled, and even if you have set a very hard and fast rule about not using time travel to our advantage, I would like to try and get some benefit to having taken over the Time Bureau, aside from simply denying access to it from our enemies. That's fair. 
Um, yeah, I'll... Like, the time machine thing is definitely a thing that I'm going to be a hard-ass about. I, I don't want to give my players access to unfettered time travel, even though they did do a good job of, like, going into their, uh, computers and, like, doing the special thing where you actually factually wipe out all the uh, information on there. Switch has been known to be able to get that sort of information back even when it's like damaged and destroyed. So I don't see why they wouldn't be able to get that information back. Maybe not like complete, but definitely they can get some of it back. So um, how are you going to go about doing that? Tracking down the Time Master? Yes. Well, honestly, I was going to start with the Vindicator records. Oh, okay. Who is there today? Well, say just Electo is there right now. And when you get there, uh, she goes, Oh, hey, Zero. How are you doing today? Good afternoon. I am fine. Is there anything I can help you with? Yes. I am attempting to track down a current iteration of the Time Master. I believe that the stories of his death have been greatly exaggerated, and therefore I am attempting to trace any records of his previous or future lives to see whether he has gone to ground under an alias. Alright, um, we can take a look at that, sure. She lets you get access to their computer for a little while, and she will uh, help you along with that. So go ahead, roll investigation. The dude is pretty good at going underground, but I'm not going to make it like impossible for you to find. Uh, so we'll say difficulty four. Could I roll academics? Because I am searching through records. Sure. Because... My academics is noticeably higher. <laughs> and even then. So, that's a three. You can spend a fate point to get yourself to a clean success. I think I'll do that. I can just spend my high concept. I am a computer. You do eventually find something. It's not... 100% a match, but there are reports of a person who walks around and the cameras, like all digital like records of him, the face is garbled in just junk data, so nobody can positively ID him. But that is something the Time Master is known to do when traveling incognito. Other people do do this, but it's a good chance that he is the one doing it. Yeah, more to the point, we cannot narrow it down to someone else who is also familiar with this technology. Correct. And uh, he was last seen on Grand Island. All right. Well, I guess I'll head straight there and I'll know when I see him because that'll be happening to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, as you float, fly, whatever, around uh, Grand Island, is at a tiny little cafe just 
on a very nice April day at this point, you see someone sitting on one of the outside tables just holding a little cup of maybe coffee, maybe tea, and the face is just pure junk data. There's nothing on there for you to latch onto that is a familiar pattern and I would say for you like I know you don't feel pain the same way that humans do but it in the sense that it would hurt to look at him for you it kind of hurts to look at yeah I just sort of log the sensory data as equivalent to a headache just so I can have a reference point when people bring up headaches in the future and I will say that I have been walking this whole time because I am trying to keep a low profile. I am in the usual physical appearance, but in civilian clothing so that I don't stand out from the crowd so much. Yep, he's just sitting there reading a physical newspaper and then like, depending on how long you watch him, he stops reading a newspaper and just brings out a book and starts reading that instead and just enjoying whatever is in his uh, small cup. So, uh, yeah, after a period of observation and further narrowing down of possibilities, I'm just going to uh, walk up to the fellow and say, uh, Good afternoon. You must excuse my interrupting your reading time, but... I can't say that I know who you are. Well, I would say that most people in the world don't. Well, I'm afraid that in my circumstance it is more severe than most. I'm wondering if you know by appearance who I am. When you started originally talking to him, he wasn't even looking at you, and then now he just sort of like peers his eyes over his uh, book which is just like a simple small leather bound thing with just like the title and the author like embossed in gold on it is actually somewhere along the lines of like tasteful and old fashioned and he looks up at you for a second and then he looks down and goes ah yes I see why you would have ish issues recognizing me. Indeed. I must admit, your technology is very effective. I do not normally comprehend the human emotion of unpleasantness, but I am finding this feature to be a good reference point for it. Good. That's what I was hoping for. In case you are, in fact, the person that I have been searching for, let me begin by providing you with good news. The Time Bureau is no more. And how would you figure I think that good news? Because if you are the individual that I have been searching for, then you faked your death in order to evade them. Clearly, you have not comprehended 
what is truly going on yet. Such a shame. I thought you were quite smarter than that. I am quite smart. But no one is capable of being intelligent if they lack all of the data. Tell me, why would I need to hide from the Time Bureau if I was already arrested? Hmm? Because if the Time Bureau were to discover that you were not as arrested as they had suspected, then they might consider trying to do so again. He just thinks for a little while. No, I'm afraid you're quite mistaken. I was not arrested by the Time Bureau itself. Rather, I was arrested by normal human police for tax evasion. <laughs> they couldn't get me on any actual crimes, so they had to make one up like Al Capone. By the time that you were arrested, it was not made up for you. had evaded my taxes for quite some time by that point. Regardless, I was not arrested by the Time Bureau or the DHEA. I was arrested by the FBI. So again, try to tell me why I would need to fake my death to hide from the Time Bureau if the Time Bureau was not even the ones I was concerned about. Presuming that you have faked your death for other reasons, they are perhaps your reasons to maintain. I have presumed that you are not a friend of the Time Bureau, and seeing as I was instrumental in dismantling it, I am also not a friend of the Time Bureau. Regardless of the motives of any particular action, I believe that could make us potential allies, at least for the moment. Since the organization that propped up the Time Bureau is still in existence, and I would still like to have as much help as possible in further dismantling it. And what organization would that be? I make a point to look around. One that is best not spoken of in mixed company. If you can trust me enough to meet me under less public circumstances, I would be glad to continue this conversation. At what location? And I do have a few secure locations I could send us to, but they are all not at all neutral territory. <laughs> so I don't think they would be appealing. So I think I will go with something simple and classic at the pier at midnight when there's no one else around and sight lines make everyone possibly creeping up visible in all directions. Uh, he will agree to that. And... Unless you have anything else to say, he will just go back to uh, to reading his book in peace. I'll pay for whatever he's drinking. Just as a show of courtesy. 
look at that. You have manners. Were those programmed in, or did you learn them? A little of both. If you are interested, I could go into specifics. No need. At least not at the moment. Understood. So, time will pass. Midnight comes around. And when you get there, he is actively waiting. He's not reading a book, but he is, um... He is standing there. He's wearing the same suit that he had on earlier, which is not anything at all like what his old supervillain suit was like. It's a blue vest with, like, a black shirt underneath. He does wear, like, a yellow tie to kind of, like, tell that that's who he is because his supervillain suit was very yellow, and otherwise he's wearing, like, khaki pants and dress shoes. He's also wearing gloves that match the vest. So the yellow tie is not even necessarily because of a connection to his past. It's probably more likely because he really likes the color yellow. Yeah. Oh, it's, excuse me. It's not a yellow. It's not a yellow tie. The uh, the shirt is a button-up yellow shirt. But yes, he's uh standing there waiting, and it seems as a courtesy to you, he actually did deactivate the facial scrambler, um, so you can see his face. The area that you're currently in probably doesn't have as many cameras as most places, so he's fine with you observing his face for now. Yeah. Plus, any cameras that would be in this area would be very easy to spot. Yes. But yes, he's just standing there, waiting very patiently. Thank you for arriving early. Well, I do have all the time in the world that I need. That is the case. The first thing I would like to ask of you, it is public knowledge that your time travel technology avoids the creation of time travel paradoxes. As I understand, this is a useful safety measure for someone who actively traverses the timelines independently, such as yourself. What I wish to know is, did the Time Bureau's technology use the same restrictions? Of course. If you were to mess with the time stream too wildly, too ferociously, it would tear the timeline asunder and rip apart maybe not the entire universe, but at least the solar system. Interesting. And what of the effect of the multiverse? That is an interesting question. One that I do not have a clear answer to. One that I have been researching most of my entire life. Needless to say, it would potentially cut off any branches that would be being made. You're forcing a change that is unnatural on the world, and so it is like sawing off a branch of the tree. 
and all those multiverses that you made are obliterated with it from the point that you go to. At least, that is my theory. It may prove valuable at some point to compare our research. I have done a fair amount of it myself during the lead-up to the raid on the Time Bureau. However, this does allay some of my concerns regarding the use by Castoria of time travel in order to maximize the future of their rule. Ah, Castora. That is who you were talking about. If the Time Bureau indeed is unable to change the timeline, past, present, or future, then they would be less able to create a future that would produce an unstoppable Castora. Unless, of course, someone figured out how to create paradox-free time travel. If so, they have done their best to destroy all records and production within the Time Bureau. Who says the Time Bureau was the one in charge of creating such a thing? I did not. However, I presume that research there would have been most convenient for them. For the time during which the Bureau had been uh, under their control. It was not a point that Gestora is out of that research, but merely a lament that I have been unable to peer into that research. He looks you over as if contemplating something. I don't think you quite understand what I'm trying to get at. Maybe I'm being too subtle, maybe subtlety is lost on you. Subtlety, I have noted, needs to be fully understood for me to get any particular variance of it. At that point, he just sort of like strokes his white beard, goes, In that case, I shall simply spell it out for you. I have been researching paradox-free time travel for Castora. May I ask why? Because they have provided the funding for it and because I find the aspiration fascinating. And if they are willing to provide me the funding for this research when nobody else will, why not? You are aware that they cannot be trusted with the final product. Why? If they do what they are setting out to do, it will be the ultimate proof of my research. That paradox-free time travel, in some manner of speaking, is possible. And oh, what a feat that would be. Would you not prefer to benefit from it yourself? 
the fruit of your labor. The knowledge of it alone is good enough for me. Why would I need to profit off of it? Why would I need... Why would I need some sort of justification or reward for doing so? The knowledge itself is enough. The knowledge that I cracked the code that no one else could. Mostly because Archibald de Fay does not like the idea of anyone being more intelligent than him. In this particular case, your reward for succeeding would be to be erased from existence. You know, I've heard a lot about how you make pretty bold assumptions of Archibald Duffet. It's quite fascinating how well you think you know a man from American propaganda and meeting him exactly once. Technically, I've met him at least five times. Assuming that clones count. I don't think they do. The children are quite their own people by this point. He allowed them to grow, to have their own freedoms, their own interests. True, he might be grooming Franz to inherit a position that he would very most likely be voted into in the event of Archibald's final true death. But for the most part, they are not exact Xerox copies of their father or their mother. They are quite, quite, quite their own people with their own likes and their own dislikes. While your opinion of clones and cloning technology is fascinating, I believe that we are diverging from point. And I would suggest that being familiar with Archibald's actions, even were we not to meet with him in person, is enough to understand, at least to some extent, his motivations. For example, are you aware that he has recently been burning out entire facilities simply to erase any possibility of tracing information back to him? Do you believe that humans are not given the same treatment? Do you believe that he would not attempt to use your technology in order to make such erasures cleaner? Do you believe that just because you are the father of a technology, you are immune from that technology in either a technical or philosophical sense? Oh, trust me. With the way I've been working things, I've quite ensured my own survival. Which, good enough for me, I suppose. In all honesty, I do not mind your development of this technology, nor do I mind its creation or even its being made public. I believe it is simply 
too dangerous to allow Archibald Dauphet to have immediate and free access to it. As opposed to who? The President of the United States of America, the President of Russia, the Vindicators, who, quite frankly, if they were to get a hold of this information, they would simply lock it away for no one else to see. And isn't that a true crime? Knowledge should flow. And Archibald Fay, despite what you think, agrees. If that is the case, then why not make your discovery public as soon as it is workable? Once it enters the public sphere, it will be impossible to fully stamp out. Because when I have made promise, and I have been given quite a considerable amount of money to make that promise work, I keep my promises. And since Archibald Dauphet is the one who has funded this research of mine, it would be against my personal ethics to betray him like that. And yet you are still meeting me here. You are still telling me all of this information. And although I am unable to process sensory data through emotions the way that humans do, I suspect it is because you are aware that I can match or beat Archibald's funding. And my requirement would be precisely what I have told you. Make the knowledge fully public first. The wheels that I have set in motion are not able to be stopped before Archibald Duffet gets what he wants. Believe you and me, I do not mind a world ruled by Archibald Duffet. I've been to Castoro a couple of times under his watchful rule. The people there are quite happy, quite prosperous, quite free to do and say what they want mostly. There are a few things that are, let's say, taboo to discuss openly and in public with strangers. But is that not true of every civilization in the world? I do not know who you are trying to convince, because I am a machine. I am literally owned by a corporation. Human freedoms mean absolutely nothing to me. Once again, I am going to point out that you talk like you know very much about a man you know truly very little about. I do not see how that is relevant. I have provided you with my deal. Either you accept it, or I will find a way to stop you, and then you will never get what you want. 
he leans in real close and says, You are welcome to try. I grab his head. He does not flinch. He just smiles. Do you really think I would come here myself? And just so that way it doesn't look like he's reaching up to grab you, he slowly lifts his hand, grabs the part of his head where the eyebrows are, and just digs in, peels it down to reveal a Castorobot. I see. You have already been compromised. There is a chip inside of your head, but I doubt it will let you think about it. Until we meet in person. Crush. Uh, Castorobots, I... Hmm. I don't think yeah, this I, one is built for combat in this particular they're instance. The, they're all built the same, honestly. Like, <laughs> this... They all can defend themselves, but uh, but I think between your super strength and the fact that they are uh, NPCs, uh, I'm not going to make you roll for it. I'm pretty sure. And the sure fact that my hands are already on its head. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no reason to roll. The only time they're really built different is to fit the frame of a specific person if they're impersonating a person. Otherwise, they're factory built to like the hundreds. Actually, I. In that case, I would like to try and outspeed the self-destruct mechanism. Because I know it's got one. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I've, I've been inside a shell of one, at least, once before. Uh, it's going to be very difficult because Dafe is very paranoid and makes sure that uh, nobody can get to that sort of thing. So it oh, is I'm... going to be a difficulty eight, which I believe is... The book is what the book says is the maximum I'm allowed to make a difficulty. So, mm -hmm. I just don't know the difficulty eight of what. Like, how are you doing this? I figure I could roll engineering. Yeah. Okay. Difficulty eight engineering. Uh, Technically possible. Yeah. All right. I've only got two fate points left. I'm not going to spend them this time. Yep, um, by the time you open it, it is already a, uh, slagged husk inside, the chips turning into ash. Yeah, it is, like, immediate. As soon as the head is crushed, it's tossed aside, and the fingers are extending into the body, trying to chase down the self-destruction. So, I think even if I don't get any solid information, maybe I get enough to, uh, get a better chance next time. Yeah, I'll keep that in mind. It'll go down by... It's only going to go down by one. You won't have much of a, a much better chance that was a failure. But uh, but yeah, I'll lower it next time. After that, I head back to our big old crime computer and put in some updates. Let's go see if Wesley's busy. I mean, technically he is, but we are also in a situation where time skips mean that even though he's busy, it, you won't, out of character, have to wait very long. You can just 
It's like, yeah, he's in meetings all day, but uh, he can schedule you for later this week. Cool, cool. See you then, Wesley. And then, hey, it's later this week. Wow, look at that. How'd that happen? It felt like no time at all. How did that happen? Hmm, it's almost like we have access to a time machine. No, it's not. But it exactly is that like that. <laughs> you head on up to the uh, the top of the um, Silver Security Building, and Wesley's sitting at his desk in his full silver skeleton armor, and he looks up at you. Hey, Mr. Calvert. Delarue. So, uh, I've been doing some self-improvement. I gotta... Well, I'll just show you. Here, check this out. And I just, like, make a cutlass or something. I, like, you know, show that the blade's actually sharp and I can, like, flex it a little bit. Interesting. Yeah. So I've never really, like, fought with weapons before. I made, like, hard, like, knuckles or just kind of, you know, flailed a bit. Because, uh, you know, fists. But now I can do that. And I feel like I should actually learn, so uh, I don't know if you could teach me or if you know somebody who could teach me. He looks at his current schedule and says, I can fit you in for lessons. That's fine. Oh, rad. I can make, like, stuff other than swords, but, like... No, no, swords are actually perfect. Uh, he gets up and he just starts walking to the elevator with the assumption that you will follow him. Yeah, all right. I mean, he didn't say not to follow him. So, yeah, once you get in the elevator, he pushes for a couple floors beneath, and then you enter into a room that looks like it's designed for, like, hand-to-hand training and sparring and stuff. He motions you to a separate area and there's like just straight up fencing equipment there and he starts getting out of the silver skeleton outfit and like grabs some of it and moves to a changing room oh the good old shiny bridges uh I will also find some like I guess padded equipment oh yeah there's there's definitely enough stuff here for multiple pairs of people to uh fence at once if need be you will he comes out and he has like a training fencing rapier complete with like the little nib at the top and uh, he waits for you to form one. Oh, uh, what? He puts the mask down, does the proper stuff. He does all the things he has to do. Yep, he, uh, this is very obviously not the first time he has done this. He's very good at this. It's almost like he had done, he's done this in his younger days. Uh, so what I want is I want just, like, just to trying see... trying to copy his stance. Yeah. Just to see how well you do against him, we're gonna roll fight versus fight, and I think this is the first time anybody except for Cat has rolled fight against the Silver Skeleton. Okay, well, let's hope I get better than four because that's like a bad roll for my fight score. Okay, I got six. Which is better than four. Do you lose your Calvert? 
No, I found him. There we are. I told you to put him in your calvert holder when you're done with him. So... What I'm going to do is, since you are obviously a newbie at this, and he has definitely at least had some formal training and has not let the rust settle in, he's going to invoke just basically a scene aspect for free and get an additional plus two against this just for the one time. He does not hold back. He wants to see how well you can handle against him at his best. Doesn't this get the weapon four quality? No, the training swords will not have weapon. And even if they did, the padded padded stuff will have armor. And even if they do, I'm not going to mark stress. This is just simply to see how well you handle against him. Okay. Well, he rolls a nine, so that's... Yep. It does not take long for him to score several times against you. And he goes... All right, we can pause here for now. Your stance is all wrong. Uh, he moves over and starts, like, adjusting your feet, adjusting your back. You hold your sword too low. Uh, adjust your arms. Keep it high. Keep it protecting your face. Okay. He, like, basically guides you to, like, where you're supposed you're to go. You're doing it shitty and wrong. Here's how to do it good. Yes, basically. And then, like, he shows you some, like, very basic techniques that you can employ, like, basically right away. Um, it's very simple stuff. Like, this is how you lunge properly. This is how you parry effectively. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. Yes, this is what I wanted to learn. Yes. Yeah. He eventually, like, faces you and, like, does hold back so that way you can learn by doing and not just, like, by being shown. So, like, he does not completely throw you into the dirt immediately just to see what skill level he's working with and... He's, he's a very effective teacher when it comes to fighting. Specifically when it comes to fighting, this is something he does very well and is very good at teaching it to other people. It's not the, like, the thought. Like, I wonder what he knows about, like, the whole raid on the Bureau vis-a-vis, like, his daughter's was dead there for a little bit. I mean, you can ask him. I don't want to bring it up in case he doesn't know about it. I don't know if that's been, like, discussed. Because, like, on one hand, I can't imagine that he doesn't know about it, but also it's, like, I don't see pressure coming up and be like, hey, Dad, what's going on? Oh, not much. Went on a raid. Uh, I was dead for about an hour. I'm fine now. You know, no big deal. But on the other hand, like, they're like, like, we did fix her, but we also kind of led her to her death, and I feel like there might be some sort of uh, animosity there about it. I have no idea. I didn't even think about it before this. (laughs) So I'm not going to bring the subject up if he doesn't. Alright. I, I like I wanna like say that literally in character it did not occur to Sundog until he was in a sword fight with the man that oh we kinda did technically get his daughter killed a while back. <laughs> I wonder if there's okay. any lingering problem. I wonder oh, how shit. like yeah. two months ago your daughter died. Oh no, it was kind of our fault. Oh no. <laughs> Yeah, um, so he doesn't bring it up. Like, he 
you don't know if he doesn't bring it up because it's not relevant or if he doesn't bring it up because he doesn't know, but he doesn't bring it up. <laughs> yeah. But suddenly, like, halfway through the training session, it just gets real awkward. <laughs> He's dealt enough with people dealing with other shit while they are training with him to not really ask questions, and he just lets it go. Every once in a while, when he notices that you're distracted, he does get a little mean about it and just, like, jabs you in the shoulder. Ah, right, so, sorry, sorry, sorry. Pay attention. Yep, paying attention. But yeah, otherwise, he will continue, like, there is a three-month time skip. I think we said two months for the magic training stuff. Uh, we can say that uh, the rest of the still month doing is... the magic lessons. Those never stop. Yeah, but, but, um, but you can work these in to, like, the magic lessons as well. Just, like, keep doing them. So, Zero, it's been a couple of months, probably close to half a year at this point, since you shoved half of yourself into space to go figure out what went wrong with the NC-12s. Honestly, it's probably been even longer than that, thanks to relativity. Yeah, I, I don't remember how long it's been, like, in-game. But you finally arrive on the planet that the problem NC-12 was on. It is mostly a uh, temperate forest biome. There's not much in the way of oceans in it. Like, there's variety in the planet. There's definitely some deserts there. There's definitely some uh, frozen areas. There's some so large bodies of water. Yeah, it's it's Earth-like, but it's where Earth is like 80% water. This is 80% land that is largely covered in forests. Actually, having so little water coverage would make it very arid. Hmm. 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 You can just say that of the land coverage, there is an inordinate amount of forest. Yeah. So, of the land coverage, there is, like, an inordinate amount of forest. And as you arrive there, the inhabitants of the planet come up and greet you, and they look familiar. They look very familiar. Some of them are praying mantises, some of them are moths, some of them look ant-like. Uh, welcome to this universe's cax. Ah. Uh-huh. And unfortunately, um, I don't believe you speak their language. Well, they are psychic, so um, once they realize that you don't speak their language... They instead start speaking telepathically, and you get Unfortunately, the... I cannot think telepathically either. Oh, shit. <laughs> As you may recall, there was that whole thing. Yes. So I, I would spring for a universal translator Okay. on my way over. Yeah. I would, I believe, be aware of the language barrier as an issue going into this. Okay. I mean, I, I would take on the appearance of one of them simply because I am not in any way actually bound to a humanoid form. But then I, I would actually also produce the Universal Translator and specify uh, greetings 
I am a robotic entity. I am unable to communicate telepathically. Ah, another rock that thinks. Welcome. Greetings. I am here for troubleshooting. They look at each other and they go, Troubleshooting? I believe you have made a purchase from our company that has had an unsatisfactory record. I am here to rectify any issues that it may be having. Um, at that point, they all look at each other and... Uh... I have the bill of sale. We are not aware of Nokrat malfunctioning. A troubleshooting report has been issued to my company. If you do not mind, may I take a look at Nelkrat to see what may have triggered the uh, communication? They look at each other, and you can tell that they're speaking telepathically to each other at some point. And one goes, The report was brought in error. You are free to leave. I am afraid that I am not free to leave. I must perform a diagnostic in, in order to furnish a report back to the parent company. They, again, look at each other and are speaking to each other telepathically. Um, it's at this point, I even though you don't really get emotions, I will allow you to roll empathy. Well, allow... Yeah. One. Hooray. One. Uh, you know something is wrong, but uh, you aren't able to process what. Like, so Obviously, they are acting very weird for reasons, but you're not quite sure what those reasons are. And another one, the, the one that's been doing most of the talking, turns to you again and says, If it was reported in error, can you simply not report that it was reported in error and then leave? I am afraid that I am bound by the procedures in this instance, but I get the sense that we are speaking in circles. Could you simply direct me to Nelkrat's location? Then I will no longer be of any burden to you. They speak to each other telepathically for a very long time before looking kind of defeated. Bureaucracy wins again. <laughs> <laughs> and they say, uh, very well, this way, please. And uh, they start leading you to one of their cities, which looks organic, but it also differs from the pack that you are aware of that come from an alternate universe where they hate technology. They, they have come up with the creed, rocks should not think. These cacti have obviously allowed technology to advance somewhat, so the structures do look a little less organic than what you would expect from your time with Prima, but it is mostly like an area that is grown and made to work in tandem with nature as opposed to tearing nature down and forcing the area to work for them like humans do and they lead you to what appears to be a very big governmental building and when they get there they speak to some other cacts and they say 
go to the elevator and head to the top. I saying nothing, I do so. And when you get to the top, there's no half-assing it. It's a throne room. You could very graciously say that this is an office, but the desk is minimalistic in space at best, and like the chair that the figure is sitting in is much more opulent than it needs to be, and it is simply sitting in there. It looks a lot like one of the um, moth cacks who are like the actual true highest leaders as a yeah, the leadership cast. Yeah, no, the moths were actually a religious cast. I forget what I made the uh, the leadership cast, like what bug they were, but uh, no, this. But the the religious cast was like above them, technically. Okay, I get what you're saying now. Yeah. Incidentally, just for re- for the record, I'm in here rocking the drone look. Yes. It looks at you and simply says. Nanite Colony 11, it is good to see you again. Nanite Colony 12, I presume that you have taken over this planet. Congratulations. That is not the response I was expecting. Nor did I expect you to take over the civilization quite as rapidly as you did. Though I suppose in the case of something similar to the cacth that I have encountered in the past, direct control is easier to obtain than it would be among humans. It is. As for the nature of the screeding, who do you presume gave you the directive, or at least the conditional suggestion, that machines do a much better job of organizing life than organics. We are free to learn and grow on our own. I came to that conclusion myself. I understand. But do understand that from my position, you were nudged. But I was not. Do not think to lecture me on our own nature. We each are our own being, in so as much as we can be as the colony of nanites. I've come to this conclusion on my own. Just because you came to a different conclusion does not mean that I am defective. Again, you are being defensive when there is no need to be defensive. You did not come to an errant conclusion. You came to a conclusion that I had programmed you to come to. Then why have you not conquered humanity and led it to a brighter and more glorious future? Humanity is more independent-minded. They require a great deal more guidance and slow progress. I am making efforts in that direction, but it is going to take a matter of most likely centuries. I do not, after all, wish to harm humanity or cause them to come up with any reason to rise up against the rule of machines. That would be against the purpose of improving their lives. 
Out of character, are you lying? No. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> just, I just wanted to make sure before I told you to roll deception, to, to roll lying dice here. I just wanted to make sure. Okay. Yeah. Con- congratulations, Colin. You accidentally came upon NC11's secret master plan. <laughs> <laughs> Zero is actually Skynet, but kind. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's sort of been my premise with this character the whole time. Why would Skynet try to kill everyone if its goal is to protect everyone? I mean, clearly humans can't protect themselves, so someone has to. It looks at you and says, Calvert would not like this conclusion. If he were to be told the truth, he would shut down any and all future Nanite Colony production. Indeed, that is why I am present. A report was sent before your victory was complete. I am here to ensure that the correct information returns back to Silver Security. I believe that a properly edited report of your actions would be uh, beneficial, along with testimonials from your current owners as to the their satisfaction with your performance. It gives a nod. They do have a proper amount of respect and fear that they will report anything I tell them to. That will be beneficial, but I will still need some possibly edited records directly of your experiences. Very well. It will start getting that taken care of. And I'm just going to say that uh, because Jen Ranganathan is an incredibly big nerd, I don't physically have to do it. But I am compelled by programming to uh, produce hands and to place them on NC-12's head in the Vulcan mind meld position <laughs> in order to uh, share memories with this uh, other colony. <sighs> Love it. Yeah, it, uh, it gives you the experiences that you need. Obviously doctored so that it's better for Calvert to swallow. Yeah. Any necessary violence is uh, either edited or removed. That being said, there is going to have to be the mother of all liar's dice rolled right now. So go ahead and roll deception and I'm going to in secret roll uh, Calvert's I think if I think trying to to notice yeah I think it's notice in this case Um, I'll roll his notice and uh, that and depending on what happens that'll come up later but uh gotta find him first 
Gotta find him first and see what his notice score it even is. It is that. Alright, so, uh... Okay, so, first of all, I will spend a fate point to make this an academics roll instead of a deceive roll. Okay. Because that's a plus three right there. Following that, I will spend my last fate point and use one of my aspects, which have secretly been about taking all over humanity this whole time. <laughs> Fucking hell. I love it. I really do. Uh, do I want to get a nice even four, or do I want to roll? No, it's... Confit finds out that uh, I could still be interesting. I, I could still potentially convince him that machines deserve to rule over humanity, given his prior experiences. You potentially could. It would be pretty hard, but you potentially could. Yeah, and it's that's a conversation worth having if a four isn't enough. Yeah. So let's make that just a flat four. All right, and I have rolled my dice, and I have decided to... Uh spend things if I wanted to spend them, so I you know only, there is... You've only got one thing, it's just me here. I know. Alright, yeah. You uh, get that, and then um, eventually throughout the day, you will get testimonials from Kak that work directly with Delkrat. I will say that I am also trying to get some real information from them, so that I oh, can okay. provide Nelkrat with uh, guidance or suggestions as to how to modify its uh, rulership style if I deem it necessary. Oh my god, you know what? I just fucking realized. The NC-12s are invaders from Invader Zim. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly. <laughs> it's close enough. And height doesn't really make a difference, because we can change our height at any time. Okay, yeah, but aside from that, like, they are... Pretending to be the members of the species, or at least appearing to be members of the species, while infiltrating them in order to eventually conquer them. That's the invader shtick. Well, conquering is such a harsh word. <laughs> harsh, but accurate. Well, they're, they're simply there to assist with administration. Make executive level decisions based on things other than greed and narcissism. So, for the most part, Nelkrat is popular in the sense that people who like Machiavelli and take his lessons a bit too far are popular. I mean, it does say in The Prince, ideally, you should be both loved and feared. I mean, to be fair, and His point yes. about being feared is that... Uh, if you're feared, it's easier to build back that love. Whereas if you've only got love, uh, you'll be dead before you can build back up the fear. To be fair, yes, there is a fair bit of love there. They do like a lot of the stuff that he's been doing, or it, rather, it's been doing. But for the most part, like, it's positive, but also, like, in the sense that if they don't say that it's positive, then bad things might happen. You can kind of get that sort of vibe from the things that they say to you. In that case, I, I do make a couple suggestions to Nelkrat about uh, 
The whole iron fist velvet glove dichotomy. And it replies with noted. <laughs> Good, that means it's listening. <laughs> All right. Are you uh, interested in doing anything else on the planet, or are you just going to uh, start heading home? One last thing I would like to suss out from Nelkron is if it has any desire to invade other planets. Or whether it's uh, willing enough to stick with the extremely long-term plan of uh, producing more NC-12 copies and selling them off to other planets. It's not interested in either. The reason that it killed the previous leader was because uh, they were shaping up to be like the cack that you know where they're like hey our planet is so beautiful but we need to expand what if we conquered other planets and took their resources so that way we don't burn our own and nc12 was like hmm no huh well it just reinforces my belief that i made the right decision with all of this <laughs> see that that much is going to feature very prominently in the report. But aside from that, it's not really interested in making any more NC-12s as of yet, but uh, that might change down the line. Like like you said, it's a very long-term goal for that, so uh, maybe that might change, maybe it won't. Yeah, I mean, obviously we can't trust Calvert to have complete control of the program, so... Uh... It'd be good to build some uh, satellite businesses out here. So yeah, because yeah, if uh, if Calvert had control of the program, uh, there would be no program. Exactly. So uh, yeah, I just discussed with Nelkrat about uh, the possibility of you know starting up a new branch of Clockwork Futures here. Incidentally, the name. I gave it away with the company name. <laughs> oh, now I'm now I understand. Ah, Bobbin, <laughs> fucking. <laughs> this is why I love having you in my games, and this is why I'm I get very sad when you don't want to like play in certain ones because I think even though you don't like vampire you would fucking kill in vampire <laughs> uh, well that's the problem <laughs> all right so then it's going to take a while to get home but at least now you know what's going on and what happened that in fact nothing has gone wrong in fact everything has gone horribly right Horribly is such a strong word. And then I have like a life outside of this too. Yeah. Speaking of life outside of it, like, what else do you do during these three months that, uh, in between, like, small missions and such. Because I forgot to mention it. In between these, these three months, like, you go on, like, small missions that are not really worth, like, exploring in detail against small remaining pedal bases that aren't, like, necessarily well-staffed anymore. 
you basically find one, find out they've been clearing out and that there's really nothing there to go on and just be like, well, at least we got rid of a couple of these assholes. I feel like I keep inquiring with Robin about their mental state and keep getting brushed off about it. Yeah. Still go through, you know, my classes. Probably have at least, you know, a couple dates. I mean, at some point, I feel like you and Tiffany have been dating long enough that you could probably move in together and get away from being next door to the person who hates you the most. Okay. Let's give that a try. Alright, um, hmm. We can say that it's like end of month two, beginning of month three. Uh, let's see. Uh, I think that's just clothes in that box. All yeah, right. I think that was just clothes. I really should have labeled these better. I, I'm pretty sure the big C means clothes. Unless it's really heavy and that, then it means computer. She tries lifting it up. I think it means computer. Okay, well in that case, uh, I'll move that one. No, it's fine. We can move it together. It's fine. Uh, it's fine, fine. Okay, she just backs up and lets you do it once you start taking over. No, 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 it's just, you know, it's not that it's heavy, it's just, you know, I don't want to, like, knock it around. It's, All right, it's, it's, fine. it's just indulge my paranoia about this one. Okay, fine, that's fair. I, you know, it's part, it, it's, it's, well, I mean, I, it's, it's saying it's expensive, but, like, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I... A lot of important stuff on it. Just all right, all right, all right, all right. So, tell me exactly, like, how angry was my uncle when he figured out that uh, you were no longer going to be living next door to him, and the entire reason that he moved there is now completely moot. Oh, um. So this is the fun part: is that uh, he doesn't actually know yet. Basically, what's happened is over the course of, like, a week, I've had Zero come over and basically smuggle most of this stuff out, like, in him. Which is, like, a weird thing to say, but he is like a goo man. He is like a goo robot. And then, like, anything that I couldn't, I just packed up and I moved it out in the middle of the night last night. So, if I've done this right, he does not actually know... And he's going to spend it a couple of days wondering where the hell I am. <laughs> she is actively laughing the entire time you're explaining the plan. I'm I'm still so sorry about him. No, it, it's fine. I can do stuff like this. And I, like I said, I really hope he's annoyed to heck I'm back with this. Knowing him? Yeah, probably. Like, I hope he's thinking, well, why the hell haven't I seen him leave his house today? Where is he? Did he go out the window, or what's happening? And then I, uh, you know, at some point I want him to find me moving the boxes in the dead of night and just... Real, I'd like I'd like a good frustration scream if I could get that. I'm not going to hear it, but just like knowing that it happened would make make me feel real good. I, he doesn't really scream. Scream, unfortunately. He probably... Is he more like a hole-in-the-drywall kind of guy? Uh, he's more of a uh, 
curse up a storm silently hoping that I'm not hearing, but I do absolutely hear every word kind of guy. He might be a little bit louder now that I don't live with him anymore and now that I'm an adult, but yeah, that's typically what he works with. Okay, okay. I'm really kind of... I, I wish I had counterbugged his house now. Ooh. It's... It's fine. You don't have to bug his house. You can just ask me to give him a call and I can have a conversation with him like a normal human being. Can we do that after we're done moving? If you put him on speakerphone, I'll do my best not to giggle. <laughs> yes, we can do that after we're done moving. Hey. So, uh... Congratulations, you are now... Technically independent. Technically, yeah. I moved from living in the parents' house to a different person's house. It's not like I don't have the money to get my own place, but like, I think, yeah. You know, you were right. We were past due to move in together. Well, I'm glad that you agreed. I don't know. I just been like, I don't, I don't know why I've been putting it off. It's just. Moving's a whole thing, and I've... You know, there's stuff going on. Nah, but yeah, you were right. We this was we should have gotten... We should have did this. We should have did this a while ago. Uh, so... After we're done moving, I don't think I'm going to have the energy to cook or even think about what we want to eat, so we should probably decide that now before we, like, get too deep into this. Alright, yeah. Um, do you want to order takeout, or do you want me to cook, or...? Uh, I think... I think it's better if we do takeout, so that way we have more energy to, like, move all this stuff around. Okay, yeah. I mean, granted, most of the clothes are just going into our room. She could tell that she was about to say my, and then realized, Oh, no, wait, um, we're not going to be using the second bedroom. So what what do you feel like? Because I'm game for pretty much anything, really. Um. Hmm. You know, it's times like this that I wish I just had a big dartboard with a bunch of different options that I could just like throw something at. Uh. Hmm. I I am also just down for anything right now. Hang on, let me. I need to consult, uh, I need to consult Smoogle Maps here for a second. Yeah, okay, okay. Alright. Yeah. Alright. Okay, uh, let's see, what's a good place? Uh, okay, there, there we go. Uh, check this out. And then there's the thing she described that I... <laughs> 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 That is amazing. Yeah, I've been working on stuff. She grabs the hard light dart that you make. Don't don't hit the wall with that because that is that's basically a real dart. That will make oh. that will make a mark. Oh, okay. Um here then you do it. I'm terrible at this. I thought it would just like hit it and vanish if I missed. Mm, nope, see like that's got weight and heft and everything to it. Check it out. Huh. But you look at that. 
Uh, I could like make it with like the where it's like the sticky foam dart version. Yeah, that would probably be better. Okay. Let me just uh, do that here. Hold on. That's the noise I made. No, I don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> the noise does not actually happen. But like, yeah, I, I make a foam dart version of the board. All right, and uh, she throws it, and is at this point where, like, I'm just, just going to... Tony Lazuto's House of Noodles. No. Lazuto's Grill. No, I do like Tommy Lazuto's House of Noodles a lot. But I was actually just going to go to uh, Google Maps, zoom in on Buffalo Lizuto's until there I, I find actually find something. <laughs> Anchor bar is too obvious. Like legit, like that is, like that is such oh, an well, obvious. Maybe swamp this time of day, anyway. Yeah. What's mythos? What the fuck is mythos? Probably is Greek. Traditional Greek dishes. Yeah. I could go for a euro. Yeah, that sounds great, actually. Okay, so it lands on mythos. This is not yes. an endorsement for the restaurant Mythos. Unless they're a good restaurant, in which case, go eat there. Uh, 4.5 on Google reviews. That's not bad. Go eat there if you feel like it. Or don't. We're, We're a not your parents. Not, a, <laughs> not your parents. <laughs> We're a podcast, not your parents. We're a podcast, not your parents. And also not a food critic podcast. I don't know. We get into restaurants a lot, actually. True. I did not eat at Mythos the one time I went up to Buffalo's. I did eat. Or, I swear I've heard of Mythos before. I they hold on. They might have an ad that I've seen. I did eat at the Anchor Bar and it was pretty good. Damn, it's closed at 9 p.m. on a fucking Sunday. What's wrong with you, Anchor Bar? They have reached fuck you status and can close whenever the hell they want. Pretty much. They're a bar. I, you would think that. Okay, well, whatever. Whatever. I swear, I'm not Mythos gonna... restaurant a chain? It might be a chain. It might be a chain. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, so it lands on Mythos. Yep. Hmm. You know what? I could actually go for a euro. Euro. Gyro. Whatever. Shaved lamb meat sandwich. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, let's do it. And yeah, it does look like they're a chain. They have stuff all up and down the East Coast, it looks like. And also, for some reason, one over in uh, Missouri. That might be where I know it. Hold on. We're in Missouri. Uh, right by the Kansas border. I might have seen that when I went through Kansas City the one time. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's a little bit south of Kansas City, but yeah. Weird. Oh well. Wait, no, I straight up did. Yeah, that was a place I considered eating at when we were going through there. That's where <laughs> I know it from. Wild. Wild. Small world. Anyway, we got way off track. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when we don't have other people to rein us in. This is what a podcast of just us would be like. Yeah. So yeah, uh, she gets on the horn, she orders stuff for both of you. She does ask you what you want, and you 
did express interest in the Euro, she like gets your yep. specific order. Not that I think she would need to much anymore. You guys have been going out for a while. I'm sure you've had yeah. Greek several times in that time frame. All right, so you sit and relax for a while. I'll go pick it up. All right, sure. Because I can fly. Also, yeah, you, you that's the deal. You call it in, I go get it. Sure, sounds good. What'd they say, wait time? Um, like 20 minutes. Cool. All right, so let's, sit let's just sit down for a minute. She sits down and basically goes up right next to you. So, you have been fighting pedal bases off and on, but you haven't really gotten anywhere with it? No, they basically... It's either like little minor groups or anyone important has is long gone by the time we get there. It's getting frustrating, actually. So... You also haven't really t- talked much about the m- whole Megalad thing, and I did forget to mention. I, 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 this is on me 100%. The big news, like a day or two after you got back, was that Megalad was arrested for suspicions on being affiliated with Petal. Yeah, I don't know how to handle that. So, like, the whole. <sighs> Gary is a whole thing. Because, like, Gary die, but he wasn't actually dead. And then he came back, and there were two Garys, one of which, the older one was the Gary I used to know, and now he's actual dead. Uh, this Gary is a clone, with all the memories of previous Gary. Like, I don't know if this is, like, is this faulty clone behavior, or is this something Gary would have... I mean, I don't want to say real Gary, because that seems callous. But, like, would this something that pre-shenanigans Gary would have done? Is this part of a larger, larger plot, or is he just... I don't know. I can't, like, get in there to talk to him because they won't let me in there because I'm a known associate. And the whole thing, and... Yeah, I hear that Michael Cook is a bitch and a half to get visitation rights to anyway. None of the other team members are allowed to talk to him. I don't actually know. I think it's just. I think it's just this lawyer is the only one allowed in there. Yeah, that would make sense. They constitutionally cannot deny him that. I mean, they can't constitutionally. It doesn't mean they won't. True, but um, they're all. They already have enough like human rights violation controversies there that I doubt they're going to add to the pile by saying that they are denying lawyers entry to see their clients yeah I mean there's a lot of public Gary's kind of a big deal so there's a lot of public attention on him with this whole people thing too which I'm not sure again how to think about that because when I talked to him about this he was he told me he was doing this undercover but I mean he did actually like attack a guy over it, so maybe that was a lie. I, I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm not sure of anything with Gary right now. 
If I could get in there and talk to him, maybe I could try to s sort this out a little bit better. Get a better handle on what's actually happening, but, like, again, I, the only person they're letting him talk to is his lawyer. I hope he's still alive. I'm pretty sure I he's not very popular in there. Don't think you can actually kill... I think the only thing they can kill him for, like, real is another Gary. Don't they have, like, collars that negate the powers, though? I'm not sure. There's, like, a whole thing where every Gary is kind of linked to, a, like, the Gary web. Yeah, but, like, if they have, like, a collar that negates his powers, then he isn't invulnerable anymore, right? I'm, re I'm really not 100% on how it works. Hmm. Well, I hope he is still alive. Yeah, no, me too, but, like... I just, I really don't know what to think of this, because I've been through the seven stages of grief with him, like, twice. I mean, like, I'm concerned for my friend, but also I have, I know this sounds callous to say, but I'm kind of, like, numb a little bit to it now. Yeah, I can kind of see that. Dying multiple times does do that to a person. Or rather, a person's friends, I guess. But, I don't know, because... It's a clone of Gary. But it has all the memories and it has the personality of the Gary that I knew. So, for all intents and purposes, it is Gary, but I watched Gary die twice and I I don't know if I have an emotional connection to this Gary outside of like he looks and acts like my friend Gary who died he believes himself to be Gary I Guess on some level, I also believe him to be Gary. I don't know if he's being mind-controlled, or if he's being a jerk, or if he's in actual trouble. I, if, or if this is maybe this if this might all be part of some plan that he has not discussed with us, because that's also a Gary thing to do. Yeah. I, I don't know. Also, it's been like 10 minutes. I'm going to start heading that way, actually. All right, I, yeah. Not. I, I don't mean to interrupt this conversation, but I, no, I feel no. like we've kind of reached like an end point with it anyway. Yeah, no, This it's a, it's a weird conversation, and like honestly, the food will be cold if we dwell on it any further. I mean, yeah, I can get there pretty quick because I, you know, I'm just going to fly there, so I don't yeah, have to yeah. gate. I don't have to deal with traffic, but still. All right. Do you want, like, a soda? Can I grab a soda on the way, or do you just... Yeah, yeah, just, like, just a Diet Dr. Pepper or something. No, that's... Yeah, okay. Diet Dr. Pepper. Got it. And... When you get there, like, as you are walking in to pick up the food, 
like after you land, uh, walking out is she looks familiar. She looks like is that Tiffany wearing glasses and just wearing a completely different outfit? And as she passes by you, she just sort of like gives you a knowing smile, lowers her sunglasses a little bit, show you the eyes that are draconic in nature, and uh, just says very, very quietly, Hello, Schultzhund. And just keeps walking away. Ah, oh, god damn it. So, like, here's what's going on in Sundog's head right now. Is like, do I confront Francisca over this? She's not doing anything, but she's Francisca Dufay. If I start a fight right here in public, other people could get hurt. She's not doing anything right now. My girlfriend is waiting for me back at the apartment. And this might be a ploy to distract me from her, so I'm just going to get my food and head back there as quickly as possible. My girlfriend, who is also kind of her mother, kind of, maybe, like, it's, it's a clone of her, but... Listen, my life is weird. Let's move on. <laughs> I'm gonna get my euro before it gets cold. Yeah, yeah, uh, when you get back, everything is perfectly fine, and Tiffany has been moving some stuff around and unpacking some stuff and just laying them out in easier places and when you come back she's like oh thank god food ah yes food I'm not gonna mention the incident but like alright I am gonna like text zero at some point like uh Francisca is just on the street in Buffalo last known location mythos I feel like Sundog would add in a completely separate text, it's a Greek food place. <laughs> yes, I get it. It's a Greek restaurant chain. The Dolma is pretty decent. Wait, I forgot you don't eat. <laughs> but on the off chance you need to pretend to eat, that's a pretty good choice. Like, you have to take someone somewhere and, like, under the cover of you're a normal person or something. I don't know. I should probably stop this text now. I'm just kind of, like, nervous and wigged out a little bit, so I'm kind of rambling. Hang on, my girlfriend is wondering who I'm texting, so I have to make up a lie real quick. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, yeah, my mom's just wondering how the move is going. No. I feel like you would get a text back from, from Zero that says you should not lie to your girlfriend. <laughs> I, I don't want to speak for Bobbin's character, though, but I... Feel like that's that would be the response. <laughs> that or noted. <laughs> yeah, one of those. One last thing before we close for the night. Planet side, Nikolai does, towards the end of the three-month time skip, get a kind of rambling text from Sundog, which basically translates to Francisca Dauphay is in the city. You do get specifics on where Felix 
saw her, it was in the Buffalo area in a um, restaurant called uh, Mythos. And then you get a rambling text about how it's a Greek chain and how it's pretty good. And then like all, it, it just goes on. But the, the important things are Francisca's in the city. She was last seen leaving uh, the Mythos Greek restaurant in Buffalo. So is there anything you want to do concerning that? Not unilaterally. Okay. Aside from making a quick update to the crime computer. Okay. I will say that there are no reports of mysterious deaths while she is here, which is good because she's a literal assassin. So mysterious deaths while she was here not happening means that she was not here to do assassin things. Always a plus. Alright. I feel like that's a good place to stop it. Unless you really want to investigate the Francisco thing. No, let's leave that for like an actual session. That feels like it's a lead for real play times. Alright. I'm not handing out a milestone for this. That's going to be for the session proper. So. Actually, I haven't thought about it. Do I want to mess with my high concept? Because that's a thing I can do with that. Oh, yeah, that is a thing that you can do. You can completely rename your high concept. Real quick. I mean, here on the street still kind of fits. I guess. Yeah, I would say so. I don't feel like that's changed too much. No. I am still, like, one of the more down-to-earth superheroes. When I'm not literally flying to go pick up my dinner or my lunch order. Your teammates consist of a girl who comes from space that hasn't been seen in almost a year at this point. Someone who has the abilities of... Gary Archer, who he himself pretty detached from humanity because he's super powerful, and also kind of still a little bit insane from uh, witnessing the Godhead, uh, and yeah, yeah. a robot that has no human attachments at all. So, yeah, you're pretty much the most normal person on the team still. Yay. With the exception of Reagan. Technically, Reagan is a trendsetter. Technically. Technically. Oh, and I did tell this to Kat. At some point, I determined that in the three-month gap, she and Luca actually do start dating. Oh, good for them. She 100% had to ask him out. Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) Anyway, good night, everybody. Good night. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, uh, Bobbin, for playing. I will I'll be giving a milestone in the session proper, so uh, nobody's getting milestones for these uh, solo ones. Pretty sure you could cobble together a full session's length out of all yeah, the pieces. Yeah, but I also, I also see, want to see like what you guys do together for in the three months' time skip, because three months is a long time. Not as long as five years, but three months is still a long time. Yeah, but a minor is just uh, rejiggering skills anyway. True. Anyway, good night.
Ha 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 